Good morning and welcome to The Secret Behind Our Success. I am Rebecca Rausch, your host and head lizard at Neon Lizard Creative Marketing and Design, where we build foundational brands with social impact. Find us on the web at neonlizardcreative.com. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are so excited today to introduce the man we've heard about our entire lives, the one, the only, the Muffin Man, founder of Main Street Gourmet and author of the hottest business book on the market, The Muffin Man Chronicles, Steve Marks. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. That's a nice little touch there with the music (laughs) intro. I haven't had that happen, but uh, thank you. Yeah, that was my technical ability is moving a thing on YouTube. (laughs) Very good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed that. That's all about you. Um, So I want to hear all about this because you started off doing this business with your best friend from when you were a little kid. I assume he was your best friend, but when you were a little kid and to be together that long, go to college together, be college roommates and start a business and be as successful as you are. I'm assuming you're still friends. So Yes, we actually that's, live uh, we live across the street from each other, no less. Oh, that's that's that's, yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy, but uh, no, we've been. You know, it's 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 like uh, he's more of a brother than than a friend, I guess. I the love way, it. Would, and it's uh, so yeah. It's you know, it's not like we've had uh, the perfect relationship all of our lives. There's been ups and downs, just like anybody you have with anybody. Yeah. And so it's the 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 ability to get over those those problems is is how we uh, made it through. Well, you've, it certainly says a lot about you too, as uh, as just in, as people and being able to push through those problems. And we can get into that kind of stuff a little bit later. I'm curious to hear some of those stories. Okay. But, I mean, you've been the leading provider of customized dessert and bakery products for national, regional in-store bakeries, restaurants, and other f- food operators since was it 1987? Well, yeah, we did. We started uh, as a retail outlet. And 1987, when I bought a building in a sheriff's real estate auction, and I don't know if you know what these sheriff's real estate auctions are, yes. but there's when people don't pay their real estate taxes, the county will put these properties up for auction. I, uh, my dad asked me to go with him uh, during my lunch hour. I was a CPA at the time, and a building came, or a, a piece of property came up for at, for at 214 South Main Street. I worked at 50 South Main Street, so I sort of had an idea where it was. And a lot of times you can buy buildings for ten or you can buy property for ten dollars. No, and you're overpaying sometimes because you never know what you're getting. You could get a property that has EPA issues, or you could get a piece of property that's landlocked. Could be a swamp. You never know what you're getting, um, so you need to do your research. I didn't, but a, this built this property came up for sale, and it was some guy was bidding two hundred dollars and it was going once, going twice. I decided to jump in. And I got into a bidding war with this guy, and I ultimately bought the property for $5,000, not knowing where it was. Um, and I should also mention, I didn't have $5,000 to my name. Oh, no. And uh, I was you know, 27 years old, uh, and I used uh, advances from two credit cards to pay for my property. And I, 
I remember leaving the courthouse and running down Main Street to see where my net worth was located. And uh, to my astonishment, my $5,000 had just purchased a five-story building in the heart of downtown Akron, Ohio. Wow. Uh, yeah. Very exciting. However, the building was was blighted. It hadn't been, uh, it was neglected for many years. However, the city of Akron was offering business owners um, incentive grants and construction grants and facade grants and, and uh, low interest monies, but you p- had to put a retail store in there to get that kind of money. Mm-hmm. So that's how it evolved. We were out in California, um, Harvey and I visiting another friend of ours. Uh, Harvey was my, my partner, uh, is my partner. Um, and we, we were at this place called the Beverly Center in Los Angeles. And a we were at this, and it was there's this like muffin store, and it would only be described as a muffin store. And it was the busiest place in the mall at a mm-hmm. Tuesday at like 10 o'clock, and we just couldn't understand it. And so our, our logic was what is popular in California today will be popular in Ohio tomorrow. We just needed a retail concept, and that became our aha moment. And that's when we we started, we put a muffin store in that in that building and did the construction and renovation. And opened our doors in July of 1987 when we had 2,000 people go through our doors on that very first day and didn't know what we were doing. And that's that's how it started, basically. That is that is absolutely amazing because that sounds almost like a, a fairy tale story, like a movie. Yeah, it, w- it was a very exciting time. I mean, you know, leading up to that uh, opening date, we did a lot of research. We you know, um, we, we visited virtually every business in downtown Akron and told them about our, you know, opening day. We did radio, we did TV, we did whatever it took. Uh, we actually rented a parking spot in front of the uh, building and we had a band there and it was, you know, just a great day and it was, it was very exciting stuff. Um, so that, you know, that's, that's how it started. But about six months into it, a restaurant owner came to us and said, hey, I love your muffins. I want to buy your batter and take it back to our restaurant. And we really looked at that as more of a threat than an opportunity. We thought that would be, you know, like uh, messing up retail sales. We said, we reluctantly plotted forward and we said, hey, you know, you get here at five o'clock when we close, you bring your own buckets, you bring a check. And if we're in a good mood, we'll sell you some muffin batter. And <laughs> we're in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, and this guy jumped through all these hoops and we sold him some muffin batter. Mm-hmm. And he came back the next day and wanted a different variety. And a couple of days later, wanted more. And finally, a light bulb went off. And that's when we decided to get into the wholesale batter business. And that was sort of our defining moment, sort of when our business started to really take off. Um, and we, we, we even ended knew up, that existed. I well, never we did knew know that existed. existed. That's crazy. Yeah, we, we, we sort of developed a concept called defrost, scoop out and bake muffin batter, mm-hmm. where all they had to do was Thaw, thaw the muffin batter, scoop it into pans, and bake it without the labor-intensive process of making a product from scratch. Right. Kind of like so the cookie dough that's going on now. I bet. Are you yeah. doing cookie doughs and stuff too? Well, we, we, we eventually got into cookie dough, and then we got into brownies, and we got into granola. We got into all kinds of things. Um, and then, you know, sort of our, our next sort of pivot was when we um, – uh, started doing customized products for a large chain. We did a we did a product that was very hard to make. It was a streusel topping for a large chain, and that was a real revelation for us because we had no competition. Um, you know, it was their product. Um, they put it into their system. They controlled distribution. They got it to all their stores, 
And it was one sale that basically, you know, went throughout the whole country versus going to, you know, a region and trying to sell through distributors. This became, you know, sort of another, uh, you know, uh, aha moment. And that's where we started to do customization for for large chains. And that's how we really expanded our business. Now, was that McDonald's, your first? Well, that McDonald's was a different story. um, And I talk about it in the book um, that, you know, uh, McDonald's came to us, a, a local franchisee came to us and wanted to test market a fresh baked muffin concept. Mm-hmm. We said, sure. You know, we were very excited. And I remember getting that call thinking it was almost a practical joke because it just seemed like, <laughs> you know, out of this world that McDonald's would be calling us. This is when we just all we had was a retail store on, on Main Street. How did they hear about you? Well, you know, we were we were in the news and so forth. And we were sort of the buzz around Akron, this muffin story. We were sort of a novel thing. And and so, yeah, one of the one of the franchise owners, a guy named John Blickle, um, actually visited our store and loved our product. And so he wanted to test market a fresh baked muffin concept. Now, um, you know, we, we ended up doing that. They ended up baking their, the, uh, the muffins in their biscuit ovens, and it was a huge hit. Um, they were selling, you know, 40, 50 muffins a day. Um, and um, most of the reason for that sales level is because we had everybody we know going to these stores and buying <laughs> out every muffin they had. Uh, eventually, they kept expanding the test to the point where we couldn't afford it anymore, and uh, we let true market forces sort of take over. Uh, but it was, sales were very, still very good. Um, you know, we, we ended up sp- expanding the, muff, the, the muffin business with McDonald's to ultimately 1,500 stores were selling our product across the Midwest and uh, and and parts of uh, you know the East Coast. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. What is what was the biggest challenge that uh, you came across? With McDonald's or just in general? Or just in general. Just I mean, your book is about entrepreneurship and business from stem to stern. I mean, I really see this as a movie. You've got to sell the movie rights to this. <laughs> <laughs> I, it would be great. I mean, you could have all sorts of great, great drama in that. It'd be awesome. Yeah, well, but, it, we, it, you're right. We've had some exciting stories. Um, you know, there's, I would say, um, try being able to supply McDonald's was a big upheaval. And, uh, you know, that, you know, and McDonald's taught us so many things that we wouldn't have learned otherwise. I mean, they came into our plant, they made us do certain things. And by, by the way, we, by this time we had to move to another plant because we mm-hmm. outgrew that, that uh, building that we had uh, the retail store in, we were doing it in the basement of this building, which <laughs> you so had we, five we ended stories. What? You had five stories. Use all yeah, of them. Yeah, well, it, it's not real conducive for production. But, <laughs> uh, so we moved to another, uh, a more uh, likely plant uh, that we able to produce our product. But trying to solve all the, the issues with McDonald's was a big hurdle for us. But again, it, it allowed us to learn new things. It improved our operations. We, we learned you know, so many things from their, the way they do business. Um, just the way they operate. Um, and it, it was a great learning curve for us and a great experience. So it, it got us to that next level, yeah. uh, with, you know, enabled us to sell to other accounts because of the McDonald's experience. Mm-hmm. Just having the McDonald's name as a client, I'm sure helped too. Did, yeah, we, did they take right. you under their wing per se? Um, some did. Um, you know, some were less patient um, because, you know, the way we got into the McDonald's system is not the typical way you get in. Uh, we got in through sort of the, what people would call the back door because a franchisee, their franchisees, you know, pushed us in. The mm-hmm. typical way is, is for McDonald's corporate to, to sort of um, 
hunt you down. Yeah, well, or or to start the process and to put the product in. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't say that McDonald's corporate was thrilled with the way we went about, you know, getting <laughs> our product in. So there was we they didn't embrace us like they would, I think, normally. But um, you know, and and that's sort of when in the McDonald's system that that cycles back and forth between corporate has power and sometimes the franchisees have power. But this particular time in in their in in our history. The franchisees had the power, and they they brought in products on you know one off in, in certain regions uh, versus you know corporate putting it in the entire country. Uh, I what I was reading is that you're uh, like well well you've retired now correct yes and you're on the board but right. now they're at sixty eight thousand square feet from that little shop. Yeah, we're um, you know now we have also we bought uh, two companies. We're about to announce very shortly uh, the purchase of another company. Wow. Um, so yeah, we have you know three sort of three brands uh, under our umbrella where we can produce products. Uh, we we are also we're affiliated with a company called Biscotti Brothers out of Pennsylvania. <clears throat> yeah. And I the other company will be announced uh, very. It's actually pretty close to where you are now that I think about it. Oh, uh, that'll right. be announced very soon. Uh, so it gives us more capability more products to sell to our existing customer base. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's a push in general for, for uh, customers to want to consolidate their vendors. So they're dealing with less, uh, you know, vendors throughout the process and it just streamlines exactly. things. I do that in my business as well. We're, we're all full service, so they don't have to go to 40,000 different places. Right, so I, right. Here's a question. All yeah. right. You guys were a couple guys. What did you major in in school? Well, I was I was in accounting. Um, okay. And what did Harvey do? Harvey was in computers. And, uh, so and we so had, how how'd you learn to make muffins? Well, you know that's the, the thing is um, we had no experience. We didn't have like I don't know if you ever heard of a Kenner Easy Bake Oven that sort of yes okay, yes well, that's, back in the day I didn't have one of those just to be clear <laughs> and I had no no culinary inclination. What I wanted ever since I was a kid was to own my own business. That's was my driving passion. It didn't matter wow. what it was. Um, so when I got into, you know, I, I had my chance to get into business and my ex, the reason I got into accounting is my next door neighbor was a professor at the University of Akron in management. And he said, you know, if you want to own your own business or get into business, the best thing you can do is get into accounting because every business needs accounting. Um, and so it was, a, it, it, I took his advice and I, you know, ultimately became a CPA and I was just waiting for my time to get into business. Uh-huh. This particular auction became my my time to get into business. Now, again, we had no experience, but it was sort of uh, the classic paradigm. Because we didn't have this experience, we didn't know what you shouldn't do. Right. We didn't know. There's a lot yeah. like we made muffins, you know, orange <clears throat> poppy seed muffins and peanut butter jelly muffins and lunch mm-hmm. muffins with broccoli Whatever and sounded cheese. good to you. <laughs> yeah. And so we just didn't know, we, we, you know, the mixer we used wasn't the right type of mixer. And it, it, cha- it made a different type of product. We use the wrong type of flour, you know, just just the way we did things. We, you know, it, we didn't have that glass ceiling or okay. that's probably not the right word. We didn't have a ceiling. We so didn't know what, better. What was the worst recipe you ever tried to make? Well, we had a, a, a product called a tuna fish and celery muffin, oh, but it, it was it was more of a lunch. We called them lunch muffins. Uh-huh. Um so that, actually, that didn't, that, I mean, that I didn't go for lunch. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it was, it was like a casserole kind of thing. Um, you know, I, usually if it makes it on the menu, it, it's been tested by a lot of people. And so there's not too many big mistakes we've made. 
Um, and, and Maybe that not the, that you sold, but behind the closed doors, did you oh, have some well, stuff that just made everybody gag and you had to run away? Or <laughs> well, yeah, there's been plenty of those, but I, you know, <laughs> it didn't get very far if if, uh, if we didn't like it in the initial stages. But you know, in, in the very beginning, when we were doing our construction at our building, we would take muffins down to our construction crew and get yeah. them to you know every day we could do that, and they would give us honest opinions on what they, what they thought of the product. If they didn't like it, we'd go back to the drawing board. So that, that was our first R and D lab was really those construction workers. He had the fattest construction workers in town, probably too, because <laughs> I'm gaining weight just listening. Yeah. <laughs> How, what a great job they had. I would, I would love yeah. that. <laughs> right. So you've done all these other companies you've been really confident in them all. And you, you carry, let's see, he, you trust others to carry on the business because you trust them not to fail as part of the board. That's a note I had. Maybe I've taken it out of context. Well, I, you know, I guess if you're asking me, you know, why we sold mm-hmm. or why we sold to Shore Capital, mm-hmm. um, you know, Harvey and I built this business from the ground up. You know, we were 35 years into it. Yeah. And so we wanted to get to that next level, but we didn't want to do it ourselves. We wanted to retire. Um, and so we were looking for somebody that we knew could carry on this legacy, somebody that we trusted and somebody that, you know, that, again, this is like our baby. We wanted to make sure that it didn't fail uh, if we gave it to somebody else. So that was a that was a pretty strong um, uh, incentive to find the right party to be able to partner with. And Short Capital became that partner. That's fantastic. Now, I was reading through um, some of the other stuff that you've been involved in, and you really love Akron. You've grown up there. You you just have a lot of um, lot of tentacles throughout the community, and you're well loved by everyone there. And you even get involved in various charities. You have your right. marathon, which I'd like to hear about, and then the muffins for mammograms and the soapbox derbies. Well, okay, soapbox derbies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I was just on the board of the Soapbox Derby, and that's a Akron institution. Uh, it's been here since like 1930 something. But uh, yeah, so that's it's it, everybody embraces uh, community events in Akron. Um, I had run in several marathons. My wife and I had, and uh, in in about 1997, 98, I I I I couldn't understand why Akron didn't have a world class marathon. And I met, I ended up getting in a meeting with the mayor and I asked him, why, why not? And he says, well, you're going to be the one to champion it for us. And I walked out of that meeting in charge of a marathon with absolutely no experience. <laughs> that was, you know, some 20 some years ago. And we're, we're, we just had our 19th uh, running of the Akron Marathon this past Saturday. Uh, yeah, now it's one of the top marathons in the United States. Uh, we're the largest marathon relay in the United States. Uh, we raised millions of dollars for charity over the years. Uh, and it's a great community event, uh, and it's it's you know it's been very rewarding to be part of it. Do the winners get muffins? <laughs> no, that's a good idea though. <laughs> you should no. you have a giant muffin at the end. I would I would run really fast for that. <laughs> they make dough though. Money. Do yeah. they? <laughs> <laughs> now you had the muffins for mammograms. What was that about? Yeah, well, we we partnered with uh, the local a local hospital here. They wanted a, a, a mechanism to raise money, and so um, we were you know. Uh, very excited about it. And what we ended up doing is uh, developed a program called Muffins for Mammograms, where they sold our muffins to, you know, various, uh, they delivered them to door to door throughout uh, the Akron area. And the money that was raised was used to pay for uh, mammograms for people who couldn't afford it. So 
it's been an incredible program. Uh, it's it's probably in its close to it. It's it's twenty some year. Uh, I think it was started in nineteen ninety two. Actually, almost thirty years. Uh, wow. So uh, it, it's it's actually saved lives. People who couldn't yeah. afford mammograms have have been able to get a mammogram and find out that they had a problem and 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 take care of it. So uh, it's never been a thought great a program. muffin could save your life. Yes. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> I love it. Now I got a question. Atkins yeah. diet in the early 2000s, how bad did that mess with you? Well, it was a challenge, no question about it. Um, and, uh, you know, low carb diets, we, we, mm-hmm. we resisted. There was a lot of uh, companies getting into the low carb craze and developing bakery products. Mm-hmm. The problem was they, they t- were terrible. They tasted terrible. Yes. They might have fit the nutritional profile that they wanted. But we just never felt comfortable putting, we tried uh, to, to figure out a product that could sort of save us because sales did get beat up. But eventually people came back to the tried and true products that they loved and tastes went out at the end. And uh, you know, we, we hope, fortunately, we, we stayed true to our, our mission and, and, and kept going and, and uh, got through that time frame. Now, you don't really do donuts, do you? No, that's a bad word in our business. Oh, because that's a deep fry, right? <laughs> well, okay. it's just a different product. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I know. It's I was a different just, product. The reason I asked the Atkins thing is that I grew up in uh, the South and we had Krispy Kreme. Sure. And I moved to Arizona and we got a Krispy Kreme and Atkins hit and it went out under immediately. It was just yeah. the saddest thing ever because I love Krispy Kreme. <laughs> so what was your most extreme pivot? Of every of all the times that you had, is there one point where you're just like, "Hey, we are we're changing the ship. We're going a completely different direction." Well, it, we at one point we had you know two retail outlets, and then our, we could see our business you know going up in 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 both both areas. But we had maybe five times the employees with our retail business that we right. did with our wholesale business, and. It, we were spending more time and energy on the retail than our wholesale business. And that, that became our aha moment where we said, let's devote, you know, we needed to focus. Let's focus our efforts where, you know, we, could, we couldn't do both adequately. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to sell. We actually gave away our retail outlets to, to people with the condition that they had to buy our muffin batter for their stores. We immediately developed an account and a customer and we focused our energies on just selling batter. And wow. that was our defining moment. That's when our That's business scary. really took off. It had to be scary. It was. That was a big, big step. Yeah, it was. But you know, we were we were really doing an average job at both. And it, it was it wasn't wasn't that hard of a decision uh, because we knew we had to do something excellent to, to be successful. What is your mantra? My mantra? The mantra hmm. that you tell yourself when things go bad. The persistence. Persistence is very important to me. Um, I don't give up. I mean, uh, it's probably something to do with the marathon training in me. Um, it, it, my The other thing, uh, you, yes, you know, my favorite sort of line, uh, and it's in the book, it says, it's okay to believe your, it's okay to enjoy your success. Just don't quite believe it. <laughs> and that sort of resonates with me because I, you know, I, I do enjoy my success, yeah. but I, I think it can go away at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so a humility I, I, not many people have. So that's great. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. But, you know, it, it's so I, I protect that success and I, you know, I work pretty hard um, and I still work very hard. Um, and so persistence, that mentality, 
hard work, um, not, not too sexy, you know, uh, concepts, but they've been tried and true for me. That sounds fantastic. So if you were talking to a younger person who is thinking about becoming an entrepreneur and, you know, they don't really know where to start, what would, what would you do? Would you, cause I mean, I've brought, been brought up and I've taught my kids figure out what you love and then figure out a way to make money doing it. You yeah. did the exact opposite. You said, here's how I can make money. I'm going to fall in love with it. <laughs> well, I, I fell in love with the concept of my own business. So, okay. yeah, you're, you're right. I, it isn't the traditional way. Um, but I think true entrepreneurs will find a business that makes sense for them. Fortunately, I didn't get into a business that, you know, turned out to be a dinosaur and, and, and fail. You know, I didn't get in the fax machine business or something like that, you know. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I'm guessing I would have pivoted at some point and got into something else. Um, so the, the business isn't so important, but what I, what I, and I talk to, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs all the time. And, um, usually what I tell them is, um, about, you know, you better be able to solve problems, mm-hmm. um, because that's all, that's all you do all the time is solve problems. Everything can be traced back to solving problems in your business. I'm sure you solve problems all the time. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and problems gravitate to the people who can solve them. So I embrace problem solving. And, and I, you know, when I was, when I was younger, I always thought, you know, my problems would go away as I got older. Well, they didn't, they just got bigger. Um, so it, it's, it's, <laughs> more it, you, must, you have to have that mentality that you're going to, you're going to solve problems. Um, and that, that, and that's what entrepreneurship's about really. Um, and if you're good at that, you'll be a good entrepreneur, but some people, you know, there's, there's the age old question is on, is entrepreneurship, is it, are you born with these qualities or do you learn these qualities, um, as you grow up, uh, grow up? Um, I don't know the, the correct answer. I think it's probably a combination of both of them. Um, but you better, better learn how to fail. You better learn how to get up. You better have persistence, determination, uh, and problem solving abilities, um, and you, you got to have that drive all the time. Um, you better have that sense of urgency when you're when you're doing things. Um, I think those those things I just mentioned are are real important qualities for an entrepreneur. I see people want to be an entrepreneur that don't have the capability to do it. Right. Um, and it's and it's, sometimes you have to be you know very honest with them and tell them, hey, I, I don't think you have what it takes. You're not you haven't done this. You haven't done that or whatever. So um, that's sort of my thoughts. That's great. That. Yeah. I've been doing this for 30 years and it's, it's had its up and it's downs. And there, every time I have a down, my husband's like, okay, let's go. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no we're not. No, I'm not going to go work for someone else. That's just not what I do. I, 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 I'm here to serve. That's what I live for. So that's kind of one of my things. Um, so you're a two-time winner of the United Small Business Administration Small per- Business Person of the Year Award. That had to be right. when you were smaller <laughs> and you were twice. Well, no, you, listed, well, uh, I, Inc. 500 for fastest. Right, we won that two years. Two years. Um, that's based on a five-year growth rate from uh, that they calculate and so forth. Yeah, no, I, I, it was sort of cool to win that because it yeah. sort of gave us it gave our employees a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Those awards you mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. but also it it got us uh, notoriety. Um, you know, when pe- it gained credibility. Really, um, yeah. when we were dealing with customers, you know that they know that we. You know, we we take our business seriously, and we're mm-hmm. a high growth business. There's a reason for that, um, mm-hmm. and so it, it you know it, we didn't do it just to you know pat ourselves on the back. It was there was sort of a building block in, in in building our business. I think. 
Well, yeah, because you don't get that stuff for by being lazy. That shows that you had your heart in it. Um, was uh, COVID a, a good thing for you guys since people went more and more to the Insta food? Well, I, I we sold the business um, three months before COVID. Um, wow. <laughs> and it was not, you know, you would think that people always need food, right? right. However, the re- we, half of our business is restaurant. The other half is oh. supermarkets. So the supermarket business took off. Unfortunately, the restaurant business, you know, went, it, it just it went to zero in a short period of time. And it, and it took a long time to get back. So uh, Main Street Gourmet had a rough time in 2019 and 2020. Uh, I'm sorry, 2020 and 2021. And it's just now come back to where 19 levels. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was a it was an upheaval for our business, uh, just like many other businesses. In fact, we were probably fo- more fortunate because we had half of our business that was actually growing. Um, but it, it was a struggle, nevertheless. And we had to, you know, had to deal with a lot of problems. I've been talking to a lot of people through these podcasts. I just uh, had a podcast earlier this morning where I was talking to event coordinators and they were talking about it. just you shot oh. them in the foot. It was just so hard. And I know yeah. that we've lost some clients because they lost their businesses. I mean, the beauty supply you know, our beauty companies, you know, weren't able to cut hair. Even now we had a magazine we were doing with another company um, that they would hand to the person and it would have all their products in it. It was a magazine that they'd hand at the hair salons. And now you're not allowed to hand out magazines. So it was like, wow. yeah, that was, that was kind of a punch in the gut too. So I I'm, I'm glad that at least half of it did pretty well yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we, it's, it's been bad. It's, you know, we, we adjusted, um, we did a lot of things that a lot of other businesses did and the business has come back and it's it's stronger than ever actually right now. That's like a boxer. There you go. Yep. One thing I loved when I was uh, dinking around all your sites and, and stalking you was uh, your Main Street timeline. That was so cute and funny. That, yeah. That is That's, so fun. It says a lot about your personality. Did you help write that? Uh, yeah, I did. My uh, Harvey and I did that. Um, what you're referring to is uh, sort of our our timeline from when Gorg, you know, in 800 BC first had the first muffin kind of thing all the way to present day. But yeah, that, I think that's, if you, most people read that timeline and they, that that's what they take, get a takeaway from our business. But uh, I think it's indicative of the fact that we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, you know, uh, we're not the, you know, we make mistakes and, you know, we, we work hard, but um, you know, we want to have fun with what we're doing and that's indicative of that timeline. That's great advice to everyone. So then the question is, if you were allowed to rename your street that runs beside the building, would you name it Jury Lane? <laughs> well, we, we are on Muffin Lane, actually. Are you really? Yeah. Um, we weren't able to name the street. That was part of our deal with the city of Akron when we bought the land is we want to name the street. And Why didn't you name it, it Drury Lane? Because well, because we believe me that that was a factor, um, but we didn't think people would understand Drury. So you know, not everybody knows that. So Muffin Lane, you know, because that's what we did at the time. All we did was muffins, so it made uh, sense. That's awesome. Well, this has been great. I'm going to ask you one more question: As sure. in, what are your top five rules for life? And then we'll we'll land this plane and let you get on with your day. Top five rules for life. Yeah. Okay, well, let me look at my book, by the way. Muffin oh, Man there Chronicles. you go. We got to show that. Well, I, some of the, we should have the video up on our YouTube. Okay. So, um, so I don't know that I'll just, let me, let me sort of look at the categories of chapters. Cause I talk about that in, in, mm-hmm. in the book 
I sort of put together recipes at the end of each chapter that talk about entrepreneurial life, but a lot of it applies to, you know, just life in general. And the, the, the first one is sort of embrace timing and seize opportunities. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be at a sheriff's real estate auction and be able to launch my business. Um, I'm going to start know, hanging out oppor- there, I think. It was an opportunity I seized. Um, you know, I could have easily just sat there and done nothing. Um, so, you know, and I, I don't know that you can actually, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, manage timing, but you can recognize timing's importance. Um, so that's what I talk about in the book. That's the first one of the first chapters. Let me go on here. Hold on. You put me on the spot here. <laughs> um, that's OK. How about this? If you are interested in, in uh, Steve's book, it is the muffinmanchronicles.com. And you've got to go to the Main Street Gourmet website, too, because it is, it's is—it's got all sorts of great stuff going on. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks. Um, you know, I talk about um, I talk about problem solving. I talk about persistence and determination. These, you know, my I one quick story on persistence and determination. Um, we, when we were calling on McDonald's, we were in a, we were going to get a vote at the franchise uh, co-op meeting. And we had a call on every single franchise to try to let them know what the what their, the vote was about. And one of the salespersons said to me, you know, um, when should I give up on, uh, you know, calling on the main on the uh, McDonald's franchisee? And I said, that that depends. And she says, what does that depend on? I go, it depends on which one of you dies first. Now, that's a harsh (laughs) mentality, but but that's what I mean by the mentality. A lot of an employee, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I said, you're going to call on them until the, you know, the dawn of time ends. So. Uh, so persistence and determination, I think, are very important. Um, a you know a systemization mindset is important for entrepreneurship. Um, you know we developed systems along the way that able to manage the business. Um, we 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 sort of le- learned so many things from McDonald's that we were able to put into our business that uh, allowed us to um, you know put in systems and and uh, allowed us to get to that next level. That was very important to us. Um, looking through the thing again. <laughs> well, did you ever incorporate anything like EOS or, you know, any of these other, so many of these systems that are out there, Agile and all the others, did you do? Yeah, any- it's, it, uh, is it called EOS? It's called, um, it's with employer resource, ER, ER, uh, ERC systems, employee oh. Where it takes your financial package and your inventory package and your human resource package and puts it all in one. Yes, I talk about that in the book, how hard that was to do and how no matter what you do, everybody will tell you, you know, that you're buying it from is that this is a great system and that it'll be great and it'll be work perfectly and it won't take it. We'll get it done in budget. None of that is true. Um, <laughs> ERP system is what they're called. Okay. Um, and they're a very I mean. As you get, uh, you know, more mature in your business, you'll you'll look at ERP systems because you need them to operate. In the food business, you definitely need them to operate because you have to be in our business. For example, one of the things you have to be able to do is within an eight-hour period, if you have a problem with a product, you need to recall that product and know exactly right. where all that those ingredients went throughout the country. So you need a large computer system and a robust system like an ERP system to be able to do that. So yeah, it's a necessary evil. I think there's so much about your business that the rest of us don't even think about, you know, 
they, that just, it doesn't cross our mind. The, the things that you, the stresses that you had to carry as, as an owner well, uh, to make sure that things were safe. Yeah. Well, the, the beauty of how I was able to write this book is every year I would write in a journal about things that happened to me during that year, sort of the bad mistakes, good things we did, uh, lessons learned and the mindset I had at that particular mo- amount of time. And maybe I was thinking of giving up or something like that. So I, I journaled for 40 years. Um, and so I had this material in front of me um, that when I retired, I sat there and I, it was on my desk for you know weeks. And finally, I said, maybe I, sh- I need to do something with this. So I went back and read everything and put it in a chronological order and added some more history to it. And there's some of them I wrote about stories that happened to us, not necessarily, you know, I, I, in the book, the I talk way about- we learn. We learn yeah, that way. Right. right. In the, in the book, I talk about a story how I met, um, and I'm sorry for name dropping, but I met Henry Kissinger at a dinner, um, <laughs> former Secretary of State. And um, I, in preparation for that dinner, I read his, his uh, biography mm-hmm. um, so I could you know, be knowledgeable about Henry Kissinger and so forth. Well, it turns out I read the wrong book. He had two biographies, <laughs> and I read, I read the unauthorized one, and, and it, just things like that. Um, <laughs> So there's a lot of stories that, in the book that, that that'd are like be so that. me. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh man. You have been such a joy. This has been so much fun. And I, oh, well, is there anything you. that you had that you wanted to make sure you got out there that I have not touched on? Well, we covered a lot of ground, but um, you know, I um if anybody wants to email me, uh, if they have questions on things, be glad to, you know, answer questions or help them in in, in their uh, quest to become an entrepreneur. That's awesome. You're terrific. Thank you so much for being the story behind our success. Thank you so much for being a part of the story behind our success. If you are a successful six-figure entrepreneur or an inspirational speaker who would like to be on this program, please visit neonlizardcreative.com slash podcast slash apply. If we're inspired by this interview, we would be honored if you would share it on social media, and even rate it. Your thumbs up rating goes a long way to promote the show. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them, let them know. Hashtag story behind our success. And don't forget, opt in on the website so you don't miss an episode. We have some fantastic guests on the docket. And if you want to know more, check out neonlizardcreative.com. See you next time.